Hey guys, it's me, and I'm back with another episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. Today's episode is going to be a fashion designer mini-sode, but before we dive in, I just wanted to say hi. I hope everybody is well and staying home during this coronavirus pandemic. I am currently recording from my dining room, so please excuse the sound if it doesn't sound quite as good as usual. Um, I did close the curtains that face the street. I have a pocket door in here that's closed. Um, and no appliances are running. I had to wait for my washing machine to finish. So we should be good unless there's a really loud car that goes by. But luckily there's speed bumps right by my house and that tends to slow people down. So fingers crossed we have a pretty peaceful mini-sode here. I'm just doing my usual little starter notes. Um, If you'd like to send me an email, feel free at admin a. A-D-M-I-N at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com, admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can send questions, recommendations, whatever you want, or if you just want to say hi, feel free to uh, send an email my way. Don't forget to follow along on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Pretty easy to find. Just search My Best Vintage Life Podcast on any of those and I should pop up, and if you can't for some reason um, find me on social media, that's something you could email me about as well. Don't forget to check out our website um, to sign up for the newsletter, and also check out my blog. I am hoping to get some blog posts done this week. I've been a little bit behind, um, but if you scroll down to the bottom of the website where you'll find most newsletter signups, I feel like it's always at the bottom right corner. Um, You can sign up there if you haven't done so already, and that'll just be a way to get even more vintage goodness into your life. And if you'd like to leave a voicemail, um, I haven't gotten any yet, but it'd be really fun to get one so I could play it on the show. Um, It's area code 559-365-6743. That's 559-365-6743. And most importantly, if you haven't rated, reviewed, or subscribed to the podcast, please do, please do so. Um, rating would be the stars you give me, whether it be one through five, hopefully closer to five. Um, a review would be a written review. And then obviously subscribing is just the act of subscribing so that you get fresh episodes to your phone or whatever device you use to listen. You don't have to think about it. They just automatically um, upload. And my obsession at the moment, well, my obsession at the moment right now, honestly, is just being alive and healthy. Um, I am a bit of an introvert myself, so the social distancing thing isn't really so um, unsimilar from my my normal life. Um, So I do, I guess, have some sympathy for people who are like out all the time and super social. I'm sure they're struggling right now, Um, but I'm just happy to be alive. I feel like I've lost some weight. Um, I've been trying to eat as healthy as I can, exercise. I gave up alcohol, as you know, back in February, um, which I'm kind of glad about because I feel like I'd be drinking a lot right now. So just trying to push through it. And, you know, if you can stay home, I know there are going to be occasions where you have to leave your house. Um, I personally, myself, will need to go to the grocery store this week. I haven't, it'll be about a week and a half since I've been um I can only eat like I'm, I'm getting to the end of like my meat and my produce and now I'm like starting to eat like freezer food and canned food which is fine in a pinch um but I like fresh meals as well so I'm gonna have to go sometime this week so if you have to do those things just please be careful um wash your hands 
do all the protocol that they're telling you to do. Be mindful of the people around you as well. Keep your distance. But most importantly, stay home if you can. Um, And that's pretty much all I have for right now. So are we ready to start today's mini-sode? I bet you are. So we're on letter D of the alphabet. And as you know, I go alphabetically by last name. So today's fashion figure is Wendy Dagworthy. So who is Wendy Dagworthy? Well, first off, she is a fashion figure, but she's probably better known in the United Kingdom than she is in the United States or other parts of the world. Um, And I always like to try to pick people that maybe my listeners don't recognize as much or someone that they can learn more about than some of the more obvious fashion figures um, that are out there. So I thought Wendy was a really good choice, mostly because not only was she a designer, but she also has so many unique things on her resume. Um, Most importantly, her her fashion um, scholar you know, list of all the things she's done in terms of scholarly work is, is just incredible. So um, just to start, Wendy Dagworthy was born March 4th, 1950. So we just passed her 70th birthday. Um, so on the off chance that she might somehow hear this podcast, happy belated 70th birthday, Wendy. Um, that's funny because my dad was actually born in 1950 as well, and it'll be his 70th birthday in August. So happy birthday, Wendy. Um, so like I said, she was known for being both a designer and an academic, um, and she is known or coined as the high priestess of British fashion, uh, which if you follow me on Instagram, I did note that when I kind of did my post as to what I'd be talking about on the next episode, I did put the high priestess thing, which I thought was kind of a cool and at the same time, kind of funny title. So the High Priestess of British Fashion. She was born in Kent. Um, Kent is a county in England. It's the southeast um, of England, so kind of down near the Sussex area, I believe. And from what I've read, she was interested in fashion since an early age. Um, You learned sewing or needlework in school at that time, and you didn't have what they call in the UK like high street stores where you could just, you know, mosey on over and buy your your fast fashion goods like people do today. Um, The resources were limited. So from what I've read, she would frequently go and buy fabric and make her own clothes, which I'm sure from doing that at an early age just made her all the more set up to be as talented and um, as celebrated as she is. And she attended the Hornsey College of Art, um, which I believe has another name now. I can't remember what it is. If any of my UK listeners um, are listening, I'm sure they're probably going to like shout it at the podcast as they're listening to it. Um, But her graduate collection there really gained a lot of attention. Um, Most you know, fashion schools do the graduate collections for people. It's kind of like your thesis paper, but you're actually having a little fashion show. And um, I've seen some pieces from her graduate collection. They were super cute. I believe the website that I saw them on was an auction site where some had been auctioned off. So very cool. Um, And she graduated with high honors as well. So worth noting that she not only had a great collection but was really focused on her grades um, and being a good student after college she worked for um, a wholesaler named alfred radley um, and the company itself was known as radley 
uh, for one year before starting her own business. Um, and he, in and of himself, has his own, um, I believe they called him like the godfather of British fashion. She's the high priestess, and I think he was the godfather. Um, I won't go too much into him, but she did start um, off working for him right after graduation. And then um, at 22, so that would be 1972, she uh, sold her first collection to London stores, um, which to me seems insane because that's just such a young age to already have that level of success. Like you're you're already starting to have wholesale accounts. Um, and one of the boutiques that I thought was worth mentioning was called Countdown. And um, at the time, Mick Jagger was shopping there. And it's just, it's so funny to me to think about someone, you know, now when I think of Mick Jagger, I think of someone who's been famous for such a long time and has more money than God. And it's just funny to think about him shopping. (laughs) So I imagine that was probably a pretty cool feeling, um, whether she liked Mick Jagger or the Rolling Stones or not, um, just to have a celebrity of that level buying shopping in a store where your clothes are available for purchase was probably a pretty cool feeling and it's also worth noting that italy um italians uh, especially loved her clothes with half of her total output um, of clothing going to italy during that time and also americans and uh, the french were very into her designs as well so italians were loving it Um, And then eventually she got her own studio space in Soho near Carnaby Street. Um, I think I'm actually going to do maybe some like fashion geographic, like vintage geographic areas because I think Carnaby Street would be a really cool one to cover or just some areas in London as well. I mean, obviously all over the world, there are different hotspots that have been important in fashion history, but I think that would be kind of an exciting thing to cover. You let me know if that interests you. (laughs) Um, For the most part, her clothing was loose-fitting and unstructured, and she loved natural fibers. Um, She really liked wools and mohair and um, bright patterns. So she used a lot of batik um, in her her designs, and she also used Liberty Prints, uh, Liberty of London, which I could probably do a whole other episode on. If you're not familiar with Liberty, it's very much so a very floral brand of printed fabrics, um, that's not to say they're all floral, but they, I believe they, I mean, they've done collaborations with so many people at this point in time. Now I'm sure most people have seen something that Liberty has worked with. Um, but if not, just Google Liberty of London and you'll see what I mean. So basically she had success from 1972 until 1988. Um, and then she went into a voluntary liquidation And it had said that there was a recession going on in 1988 in the UK. I like to do my research. And so in 1988, Margaret Thatcher, uh, the Iron Lady, was in power in the UK. And I did see that in September of that year, economists were, were saying, like, we will be heading into a recession soon. And then a recession started from Q3, I'm talking fiscal quarters, Q3 of 1990, Um, through Q3 of 91. So that's five fiscal quarters. Um, There was a pretty bad recession. So I feel like, um, you know, Wendy did the right thing uh, because it seems like everybody else kind of got screwed over during that time. So, and that's not to say she wasn't still a super successful person because aside from her design career, I'm now going to tell you about 
um, some other accolades that she has. It's just unreal. So in 1975, um, while she was still designing her her line, she joined the London Designer Collections, um, and that was basically the first incarnation of London Fashion Week. It was her and a few other designers. So I think that's really important to note that before London Fashion Week started in the 80s, she had kind of dabbled in this adventure with a few other people in the 70s. And then uh, she became the director of the London Designer Collections in 1982. And then in 1985, she won the Golden Thread Award for Linen. Um, So basically, there's not much out there about it, but I believe from the small paragraph that I did find, it's an award that was given um, to somebody who made a garment completely out of linen. I guess it was think of kind of like Project Runway. You know how they judge they give you a theme and you make an outfit out of it. Well, this was just all linen. And I couldn't find a picture of what she actually designed. I do believe that the award was given in Monaco, which is, of course, super bougie and wealthy. And it just sounds fabulous. So kudos to her for winning that in 1985. And then in 1989, um, she was hired by Central St. Martins as the head of fashion. So I feel like you don't have to be from the UK to know what Central St. Martin's is. It has um, a very worldwide, world-known reputation. And she had a nine-year tenure there where she saw so many designers come through um, during her time there. Uh, Stella McCartney, Alexander McQueen. I believe he was there for his master's at the time and she was working with undergraduates, but still. Um, let's see. Antonio Berardi. And uh, Hussein, uh, I can never say his last name right, Uh, Chulayan, Um, Chulayan, (laughs) there we go, I got it, Hussein Chulayan, I wrote it out phonetically, I always try to do that, Uh, let's be honest, that's not an easy name to say, Um, but those were some of the students that were there during her tenure. And then in 1996, um, she became a a member of the British Fashion Council. Now, the British Fashion Council are the people who started um, British Fashion Week in the 80s. Um, I found it interesting that she didn't become a member until 1996. Um, But maybe it's because she was involved with the London designer collections for so long. I don't know. Maybe there was some competition there. I'm not sure. Um, And then in 1998, she started working for the Royal College of Art. From what I understand, that is the only postgraduate school in the world dedicated to art and design. So she was um, involved in the master's program there. I don't believe there's an undergraduate program there. Um, So that started in 1998. And then in 2000, Uh, She was named head of their School of Fashion and Textiles. And then in 2011, she became the head of their School of Material. So it's just a whole school dedicated to fabric, which sounds insane to me and super cool. And also that year, she was given her OBE uh, by the Queen. uh, That's Order of the British Empire. Um, You've heard me mention that about a few other designers before that um, they are basically rewarded for their success in whatever, you know, field they're involved in. So for her, it was it was fashion. Um, and then in 2014, uh, she retired at the end of the academic year. So she was at the Royal College of Art from 1998 
until 2014. So that's a really long time, longer than when she was at Central St. Martin's. Um, and from what I read, it's it seems like it's that the Royal College of Art was kind of stuffy from from what I've read this. I, I actually don't know. Um, and it was kind of weird for them to be hiring somebody as cool as she was. Um, because I know like right before they hired her, ID Magazine featured her as like an important figure in British fashion, um, kind of like flashy, you know, these flashy articles done about her and her creativity. And then she's kind of going to work at the stuffier school. So I feel like hiring her was probably a great thing for them. Um, whereas Central St. Martin's seems to have more of like a rambunctious, um, edgy, you know, feel to it. And this is just from what I've read. I don't know this for sure. I don't um, know a lot about those schools other than people who have attended them. So that's just all hearsay, but I'm sure some of it is true. Um, so she also consulted for Lara Ashley, Betty Jackson, and Liberty of London. Uh, worth noting, but Betty Jackson was actually her assistant at one point in time. So Betty went on to start her own line, which I think is really cool um, that they stayed close and, you know, working together. She's judged uh, numerous fashion awards and has had um, museum advisory roles as well. So um, people have reached out to her for curation projects and special projects for museums. And last but not least, she is married and has um, two children, two sons, I believe. So on top of all of her hard work as a designer and a scholar, she is also a wife and mom. So um, that's pretty much all I have on Wendy. And I will say this much, um, there's not a ton of stuff out there about her. Definitely not as much as there was for like Courage or some other people, but she has really bomb style seems like she wears a lot of black and um it looks like her i guess it would be her right arm she always has a massive stack of silver bangles i'd say like from her wrist halfway up her forearm she has these bangles on and very frequently she's in like a big statement necklace and she has kind of like this grayish blondish um hair with like a strong red lip so she definitely has a presence it would be hard to miss her in a room i think she's um you know beautiful for her age and she was just as beautiful when she was younger so i really really like her and i like the fact once again that she was not only a designer but also a scholar and was able to contribute so much to so many people's um degrees and education in in the fashion community so not only did she leave a mark um personally but she left a mark on other people's lives and I think that's really important and I think it touches me because obviously I have a background in education and I think that um you know teaching teaching brings and leaves a lot of positive things in your life so kudos to Wendy on a fabulous career and once again happy belated 70th birthday um, that's all I really have for you guys for now. If you have any questions in the meantime, just uh, listen again to the tidbits in the beginning on how to reach me. I am going to try to get back on a normal schedule. Um, so I believe that would put us at around right before Easter, um, the next episode. I'm hoping to go live on Thursday like it normally does. And thanks for your patience. 
uh, for the last two since they've been a little wonky. I've been trying my best to um, get you new content, even though it's you know not anything super huge or super big in terms of episode length, but I feel like something is better than nothing these days. So guys, please stay safe, stay healthy, and stay home, and don't be basic. Bye.